0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. It's that time again, geek block heads. Stop YouTubing the Star Wars trailer, which is basically breaking the Internet. I just checked how many views. Ninety nine million views and I am not surprised. OK, if you are a fit writer, listen up and listen good, because let me assure you, your readers are literally your readers are literally listening to books. Audiobooks are the fastest-growing segment of the publishing industry in, um, in the U.S. They had a 21% growth between 2015 and 2016, and then from 2016 on, they had a 30% jump. It is the future, folks. So if you're a writer, you need to pay very close attention to this interview today. My guest today knows a good bit about the wonderful world of audiobooks. He is professional narrator Randy Strew. How are you today, sir?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, doing doing really well. Thanks. How are you?
0: Good. First, tell folks how they can find you online and social media in the worldwide interweb.
1: Well, sure. Um, my website is randystreu, that's r-a-n-d-y-s-t-r-e-u-v-o dot com. Uh, that's Randy Strew. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Randy VO and on Twitter at Randy Struvio. I, I like to keep it all, uh, you know, linked.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, I saw you at uh, the Realm Makers Conference and anytime writers or uh, publicity folks, anybody that's kind of marketing themselves to writers, they they give away things. And sometimes it's just stuff that gets thrown away pens oh my goodness I don't know how many pens I have and bookmarks and I do appreciate all those things but you are brilliant because you gave out earbuds and I absolutely remembered you because I came home I gave them to my son and I have thought about those earbuds that is brilliant I don't know how much that cost you but sir keep it up because I got home and I saw those earbuds I thought yeah I need to call Randy so there you go well done
1: Thank you very much. I guess they're doing their job.
0: <laughs> they are doing their job. All right. I will talk later about how folks can hire you. But first, why do you think audiobooks have boomed just in the past few years? I mean, it's just been in the past five years. And audiobooks have been around forever. When I was in college, one of the community service things we did, we would go tape books for the blind. Books have been um, you know, on tape for forever and a day, but recently in the past five years, it's just, it's off the chain. Boy, did I just date myself with that phrase right there, off the chain. Why do you think that is? Don't make fun of me. I know I'm old. Go ahead.
1: That's, I'm, I'm almost 40. I understand. Um, oh, I'm 44, you know,
0: mister. You can call me ma'am. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do, honestly, with, uh, with millennials. Um, millennials get a lot of flack. Uh, probably because of the, the increased presence on the Internet and, and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. But uh, they, they get a lot of unfair flack for being uh, lazy, for not wanting to do a lot of work. In fact, the complete opposite is true. Uh, millennials right. tend to multitask. They yes, tend they to want yeah. to do a lot of work. They tend to – they're very busy people. And they are. And audiobooks give them a way to – do multiple things. It allows them to read a book while they're driving to work, maybe while they're doing work if the work is particularly or not mentally in, intensive. Um, and, I, and I think that's a large part of it. Uh, long commutes are another, are another reason. My wife, for example, has a 40-minute commute. She lives on audiobooks. Um, yeah. that's her probably 90% of the reading she actually gets to do <laughs> is in her car right. uh, on an audiobook. Um, so I, I, think that's a lot of it. I, I think, I think what we're seeing is, a, is is an uptick in millennials who just, they want something to fill that time while they're working.
0: Right. You know, that's right. And, and what you're saying about millennials is. Right. I do jujitsu with a whole bunch of millennials. The majority of the group, there's millennials. They are not lazy. They're just not in a rush to get their life started like our generation was. Generation X, you know, we were expected to go to college, decide your future, and boom, start right there. And they're just not in the same kind of rush that we were. And they are, you're right, stay multitask all day long. And so that, that makes absolute sense. So how did you get how did you get into being a professional talker? You've been through a lot of different areas in the industry, so I'm just going to say you're a professional talker. How did you get there?
1: <laughs> uh long, long time ago, I was in college. <laughs> <And>, yeah. Uh, <laughs> before b- before college, people had, had mentioned my voice. Um, I, I sort of, I was born with a naturally deep voice. Um, it got deeper as I as I got older and people just kind of, planted the radio idea in my head. So by the time I went to college, I had kind of decided, you know, I at least wanted to explore radio. So starting in college, I started taking broadcasting classes. I started working at the college radio station. Um, I did that for a while. I left off for a little bit to study film. Um, I've actually been in the not audio industry necessarily, but the communications industry for 20 years um
0: wow
1: from video production to uh corporate communications i was a a freelance videographer for a while um but i was between jobs my wife and i kind of made the quick decision that we were going to move from michigan to new york where her family lived we moved out there and lo and behold my father-in-law found a radio station that was hiring I walked in, I applied, the guy was just impressed that anybody in Northern New York actually had experience and hired me on the spot. Um, That was seven years ago, I'd been in radio ever since.
0: What kind of station was it?
1: It was actually a country station, which is funny because I'm not actually, I don't like country music.
0: Yeah. I have always wondered, um, you know, if you are a DJ and you get a job and it happens to me music you really don't like, that's a pickle.
1: <laughs> it can be, no. um, but I'll tell you what I, I worked in. Uh, I worked in country radio for six years, including uh, including three years as a morning show host uh, in, in country radio. Before I started working, uh, I worked for four years as a morning show host in Christian radio up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started uh, doing audiobook narration. Um, I I kind of thought about getting into it, and I had talked to Mike Duran at Realm Makers, I want to say Realm Makers 2016.
0: I remember this. Uh, I remember when you made the leap, and you officially said, hey, I'm going to do this full time. I remember that.
1: Yeah. And, um, well, I had talked to Mike Duran, and what had happened was I actually lost my job at the Christian. Uh And I still don't know why. Um, and that's kind of when I made the leap, said, okay, well, um, I had my wife who is, who has just been an amazing supportive person said, you know what? You lost this job. You've been wanting to go full-time freelance, do it. Now's the time. And so with her blessing, I bought equipment and set up a home studio and started working full-time as a, as a freelance voice talent.
0: Well, then that's why you lost your job because the Lord knew you wouldn't do it full-time unless he kicked you out of the other job. So there you go. That's it. Okay, you, you do more than books. Okay, before, I, I do want to focus on the audiobooks, but tell folks you do more than books. When they go to your website, randystrewvo.com, they will see the different categories. What are the different categories of voiceover that you do?
1: Okay, well, my, um, I, I kind of think of myself as having two primary niches. Um, my, my primary niches are corporate production and audiobooks. Now, corporate video encompasses uh, corporate internal production, promotional advertising, instructional, and demonstration video. So whether I'm teaching somebody how to set something up, um, in fact, one of my biggest clients is a uh, an aircraft maintenance company. And
0: hmm. one of
1: the things I do is I actually narrate aircraft maintenance videos.
0: Oh. My husband may have heard my husband, a former military, he was an aircraft maintenance officer. That's what he did. So he may have heard your voice in the oh, wow. videos. Yeah. So you do corporate <laughs> and then you also do audiobooks. Okay. When you are hired, I've always wondered this when you're hired to do an audiobook, do, how do you prepare for it? Do you read the whole book or do you just, okay, here's the chapter I'm reading today? Let me look over it. Or are you just good enough that you're like, I got this? Let me turn on the mic and you just read. How do you prepare for it?
1: It depends on how much information I get from the author in advance.
0: Okay, that um, makes sense. <clears throat> do, do they kind of guide you? Will in send what answers. they kind of want to hear? Do they guide you? Say, hey, I'd like you to do voices here. I'd like you to do act, or they so they do have a good bit of input.
1: They do. Um, the way I usually do it is, they go into it assuming that I'm going to voice act the characters. Um, If I'm doing fiction, obviously, nonfiction, that's an entirely different ball of wax. Um, But for fiction books, uh, I I let them know up front, you know, I do different voices. Uh, I will do these voices for your characters. Uh, I do my best not to make them sound cartoony. Right. But but, like like I'll pitch up or I'll pitch down or I'll add a little gravel or I'll remove gravel, Um, you know, just... Modulate my voice in different ways naturally, not using any any uh, software to help. Um, and, but but they do have input. Like uh, if if the way they sound is consequential to the character, they'll let okay. me know.
0: Okay.
1: Um, for example, I did a book called Cruel Messenger. Uh, and they gave me a complete character list, which was a huge blessing. Uh, and wow. on the character list, they actually gave me, you know, this guy is a, is, is a Harvard educated Arab. He, he's he's from okay. from Saudi Arabia or wherever. He's been Harvard educated, so he's got a slight British accent. Um, you know, this guy is is straight from Afghanistan, but he, he speaks he speaks English really well, but he's got a thick accent. Um, this guy. Uh, uh, one of the famous, uh, you know, hellfire preachers, whatever. <clears throat> so they'll kind of give me a rundown if it needs to happen on here's what these guys sound like. Um, right. Obviously, the POV character I do in my own voice because otherwise it's, it's too much of a hassle. Right.
0: <laughs> but... Yes, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, um, You know what, let's talk about, I I was going to ask you about accents in just a minute, but I'll go ahead and ask you now. Okay, folks, if you're listening, the reason people, I I taught Spanish, you wouldn't know it by listening to me, but I can actually speak Spanish with a decent accent. Thank you very much. But accents are the uh, product of the way you hold your mouth, the way you push sound around in your mouth. And I know that um, if I speak Spanish, let's say that I speak all day long and don't speak English my mouth and jaw I I literally get sore are there some accents because I'm just holding everything so differently especially with a southern accent we have such a lazy you know a lazy tongue everything stays very loose are there any accents that just irritate the muscles in your face do you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about right
1: (laughs) I do uh (laughs) um I don't think I've had to hold any particular accents long enough for it to really irritate? Um, right. My the, the the biggest issue that I have found is, uh, for example, Mike Duran's uh, "The Ghost Box," um, which it was it was a pleasure to read. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing the audio book as much as I enjoyed reading it the first time. Well,
0: he's just a nice um, guy to work with, so too. Mike's just a nice guy.
1: Oh, he is. He is, and he's, he's brilliant.
0: just a nice guy. Um, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, But I I I remember that the two main the the two big things that I found that I had to do when I started reading Mike's book were um, one of the first characters you hear from outside of the the point of point of view character was Swedish. And I had never done a Swedish accent. So (laughs) I had to uh, I had to go online and find a Swedish accent. And I was right. fortunate because um, I had actually found a video of uh, oh, Alexander Skarsgard,
0: um who oh, a lot of okay. people don't know
1: because he he is actually he is. born and bred Swedish. Well, yeah, I mean, if right. you've seen like True Blood and things like that,
0: right? Um, but there's a lot of a people did not know that he's scars actually born, and born in like Hollywood. Have you have you noticed? There's a bunch of those Skarsgård in Hollywood.
1: There are. (laughs) Uh, But it was funny because I found him, and he was talking to Conan O'Brien, who asked him, you know, now you're from Sweden, right? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm from Sweden. And (laughs) he then went on to explain what made his accent different. So it was the single most instructional video I could have accidentally found.
0: Well, what was it? (laughs) What was it that made his accent different? Do you remember?
1: Intonation um okay. they they put stress and emphasis and cadence their 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 cadence is different from an english cadence yeah so they'll stretch syllables that we normally wouldn't think to stretch or they'll shorten syllables right. that we wouldn't think to shorten right um, okay so i kind of so that's kind of how i prepare for accents in general is i'll sit there and i'll listen to something uh, right. And I'll repeat the phrases over and over and over and over again, and then I'll start slipping right. in the character phrases in that same accent until I've got it down. Um, right. The one that, uh, but then there was a, another character, Matisse, who is French, and oh, not word. only did I have to do him in a slightly French accent, but I also had to. Um, I had put a little gravel in the in, in the in the guy's voice. Um, I didn't realize he was going to be such a big character when i i had forgotten how big a character he was when i did this uh but i put some gravel in the guy's voice and explain what
0: that means explain to to people what gravel in the voice means
1: oh sure uh it basically means that i went from talking like this to talking like this
0: yeah it's got a harsh sound to it yes that's what kind of got a harsh sound Throat. How do you take care of your voice when you're doing accents like that? That's that's hard on your throat. How do you take care of your voice and keep that it's, from uh, making you hoarse?
1: It's very hard on hard on my throat. Um, yeah, and what I did is is um, and I didn't realize when I got into it how hard it was going to be. Yeah. And <clears throat> so what I actually did is I went online and uh, asked a bunch of my friends who were in, into voice work. I just said, hey, how do you take because this thing's killing me, and right. so I got some advice from them. Uh, one of the big things I did is, is you, and you can buy this at GNC and I think Target. Um, I bought throat coat tea. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, and it, it it's actually designed to just help soothe your throat and and uh, okay. bring some of that back to it. Uh, so I, I drink throat coat tea. I drink a lot of water. Um, I actually drink tap water, tepid tap water. Um, uh-huh. I don't drink ice water because right. you can, it, you, it, what it does is it freezes your vocal cords. Right. So right. I don't like that. So I use tepid tap water, throat coat tea. Um, I drink a lot of hot liquids like coffee and things like that, which doesn't necessarily right. help, but it is soothing. Um, right. and, uh, but yeah, like the first, I remember the first big Matisse chapter I had, I actually had to take a day off from reading afterwards um wow just to let my just throat relax
0: <laughs> so do you go through uh, okay so you get the book first of all how long do you have to read a book how long do people give you generally
1: it really depends um i'm getting i've gotten better at uh estimating how much time it's going to take me <laughs> when i first uh-huh. when i first started i had no idea um oh I, yeah i wouldn't <laughs> so have I've a clue gotten better. Uh, and, and fiction takes longer um, than nonfiction. Why is
0: that? Why, uh, because you have because to with you fiction, have to number more. one,
1: you have to act, and you have to remember which voices go to which character.
0: That's right. And oh my you have God. to rest. Wow. So when you get so, a book, do you go through? Do you go through and like highlight like? Well, like an actor with a script, you know, an actor, when you have a script, if you've never, if anybody's never acted, generally, whatever your character is, you will highlight your character. So you can immediately see when you're coming up. Do you go through and highlight characters in different, how does this work? How do I don't even begin to know how, how do you, what's your process? So you go through and you kind of read through it and you get an idea. Do you, then what?
1: Yeah. Well, and then I, I. For me, I, I sort of I, I voice act like I write, which is by the seat of my pants. Um uh-huh. a lot <laughs> I'm Brian, I'm probably like the worst possible person to talk about this. Uh no, I know no, that there no. are a lot of of uh, narrators. <laughs> uh I, I know that there are a lot of narrators who will prepare a lot more than I do. Um they might read the thing once, do all this stuff. If I even if I were to highlight it, there's no way I'd remember. Right. I'd, I'd come upon a yellow highlight and I'd be like, "Now who the crap is a yellow highlight?" I don't.
0: Know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I have I interview writers every month, and I never have. Just everybody says, "Oh, I completely outline." Oh, I do it like no. It is across the board. So writing by the seat of your pants and reading by the seat of your pants is just a valid. Uh, you know, a method is anything else.
1: I like to think so. I mean, <laughs> it's it is. It, it, it's working so, it, but it does take a little bit of time because what happens is, especially if I walk away from it for a while, um, right, then I have to go back and I have to re listen to chapters and try to remember okay, oh, how do I do this that. voice? How do I do this? Right. Um, and so I, I try to help myself, I try and keep them as different as possible, but that's not always possible depending on how many characters there are. Right. Um Right. You know, if there if there okay. are a lot of characters then it's just you know.
0: So is this your normal, comfortable speaking voice? Because you have, okay, I know there's no such thing as no accent, so don't people start emailing me. But yes, there's something that's considered zero accent. And it's kind of a somewhere in the Midwest where it just doesn't seem to fall in any certain direction. So is this your comfortable speaking voice or do you naturally have an accent that just kind of, I mean, it would shock people to know this isn't my natural accent. My natural accent is usually far worse than this. So do you, is this the accent you've always had or is this one that you've developed through broadcasting?
1: No, this is, this is mostly me. Um, You are hearing me with a bit of, with a bit of vocal fatigue um, because I've been finishing up some, uh, some audio books. I've been doing some voice work all day. So uh, this is me with a bit of vocal fatigue (laughs) that you're hearing right Right. now. Um, But yeah, overall, uh, this, this is how I sound.
0: How long do you read at a time? Um,
1: it depends. Um, um, it depends how much stress I need to put on my voice for a read. Um, right. For a straight read, for example, uh, a nonfiction narration or one of the videos that I'm doing or like I do book summaries and blog summaries and things like that, um, I can read for 40 minutes to to an hour straight mm-hmm.
0: um, okay. before I have That's to get my
1: voice around. For fiction, I can maybe squeeze a half an hour out of it before my voice is just saying, "Okay, you're done. Stop." Right. Um, and then I have to go, and I have to spend an hour editing and drinking throat coat tea and right. trying to relubricate so I can do the next chunk.
0: When you are reading, if you stumble, let's say that you've been reading for an hour and you are killing it, and in minute fifty nine. You just totally blow it. You say the wrong word. I, I laugh about this. I had a student named Ivory. I cannot, I was a former teacher. I cannot tell you, Randy, how many times I called her ovary. And I didn't mean to. I never meant to. <laughs> so what do you do if you've had this great hour of reading, but here we are at minute 59, and the girl that's supposed to be Ivory you call ovary. What do you do? Is the whole hour gone? Well,
1: first of all, if, if I were to get a full hour of perfect reading i would celebrate i would crack open a (laughs) bottle of wine and a cigar and i would um, i'd throw a freaking party uh
0: yeah
1: no um i i don't i don't like to stop and start um what i actually do is i snap my fingers um okay so like if i'm reading uh if, if i'm reading a chunk of script um and uh I'm just going to find something to read where I could screw it up. Um, right. But if, if, I I, like if I'm reading a chunk of script and I'm just going through, and, yeah, and I and I screw up and I say, and then over uh and then I catch what I said, I snap my uh-huh. fingers, and then I reread uh-huh. the line.
0: Okay, and, and you can just edit that out? And
1: snap my fingers, yeah. my, my, right, and I'll, what I'll do is when I go back and edit that chapter, I know that, okay, this is an edit point. This is where I needed to start over. I needed to start the sentence over again. And um, because what that does is when you snap your fingers, it creates a line in waveform. Right. So as I'm going through, it makes it very, very easy. I could just look and say, okay, there's the line. That's where I screwed up. That's okay. Now I can just back it up to here, trim that, and I'm good to go. Um, So it really doesn't, it, it doesn't take any time at all. Um screwing wow. up is just a part of it. So you just keep moving.
0: Wow. I am so computer Amish. I know so everything you're saying, it's like I'm seeing it on Star Trek. This is so far above my head. I'm amazed. I mean, that makes perfect sense. The snack. A snap because you see the print on the little output thing on the computer. I'm so amazed. Okay. So let's say someone uh one of our listeners has written a book. And they realize, wow, you know what, I do need to put this to audio format. What is something they need to look for when they go into the great big world of professional narrators and they're looking around? What is something they need to look for in a, in a professional narrator? Uh,
1: the first thing they need to look for is they need to find a voice that they can identify with their main character. Um, with a oh, POV okay. character.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay.
1: Because this is the voice that your listeners are going to hear in their heads when they hear your character.
0: That um, makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways that I got, uh, that, that I got to be able to do Mike's um, Reagan Moon novels is mm-hmm. that I sort of have a sardonic sense of humor anyway. I carry that yeah. read very well because that's who I am. Um, right. And... So, just my my vocal style and my delivery matched what Cad Reagan Moon. Okay. So it made the most sense for him. And honestly, I think that's the biggest, probably the biggest thing. The second thing is, um, listen to how they do other genders.
0: Oh. Um, Okay.
1: As long as something that should be available on their website. So it you go really, to their website, I mean, it really should,
0: should be available.
1: available. Okay. Yeah, I mean, at least it should be available in one of the narrations that they, that they offer.
0: Nice. Very smart. Um, okay, Actually, yeah. not
1: to mention that. I'm not even sure I have it. <laughs> but, but you... Because one of the things that you do is... Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. It won't even necessarily be available on the website. Um, but you should have a chapter that you use for um, auditioning. Don't just pick somebody without having them associated with your word. So grab a chapter and make sure that the chapter that you grab has somebody of the opposite gender. Okay. And then listen to how they do the opposite gender. Um, The reason for that is that as good as somebody might be at reading a straight narration, some people are not as good at gendering their voice in a way that's not irritating.
0: Right. Um without it becoming Mrs. Doubtfire. There
1: are right, exactly. There are <laughs> male car- there, there are male voiceover artists who will um and, and and god help the ones that do. Um because it right. sounds awful. And I've never heard a. I I've never heard of a listener who likes it. Uh right. they will they will they will do a falsetto. <laughs> oh why? <laughs> yeah. Oh
0: my word. And
1: a falsetto sounds ridiculous every time don't do it, it. Does sound ridiculous. so if you're it does
0: sound ridiculous.
1: <laughs> uh the okay. other the other thing is for, on the other side women um you will find some female narrators who when they do male voices will always do the same read on a male voice and usually okay. it sound not usually but it, it my my wife is particular because she she listens to a lot of books written by women she listens okay. to a lot of female narrators, and one of the things that she's pointed out is like this one woman every time she does a male voice, he sounds like um he sounds like an idiot <laughs> 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 uh,
0: okay okay just
1: just she she reads the she reads the character like he's stupid no matter no matter what she may not even think he's stupid, but the way she's reading it. You know, she'll, well, I don't think that's a very good idea. Oh, no. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, good like God. Yes, I know exactly what, what is... you're talking
0: about. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: okay. You know, it sounds like Lenny from uh, uh, of Mice and Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. So they need to hear a sample. Okay. First of all, so they need to make sure that that voice fits their work and fits the personality of their work. So it's not just necessarily right. that it needs to match the main character. It needs to fit the personality of the work. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And then they do need to listen to the different genders. And if there's accents, they may need to have you try out with the accents. Correct?
1: Absolutely. And, okay. you know, it's one of those things where a good narrator will, even if the, even if the accent is not in his or her wheelhouse, um, a good narrator can listen and pick it up yes. enough that it's passable. Right. Um, I, it know, doesn't I used need to, to be my, down.
0: Right. I used to tell my students, if you can get the vowel sounds down, everything else will fall into place. If you can shape your mouth and do the vowels the way that, and I've told them, watch my mouth, watch people's mouth, watch what they're doing with their mouth, and you make that same shape, everything else is going to kind of fall into place. That makes, that makes sense. Okay, and if someone wants to hire you in particular to read their book, they could find you on your website, correct?
1: Uh, they can. They can find me on my website. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, those are the two best ways to find me. Um, uh-huh. I mean, they, they, they can feel free to follow me on Twitter, but they're not going to get much information there.
0: <laughs> right, know? right. Um, do you have a maximum number of reads that you do a month? Do you ha- or do you just say, sure, or, come one, come all?
1: uh it depends on how I'm feeling about my workload overall um, right like right now I just uh, I just finished a nonfiction audiobook I'm still working on two novellas and a full uh, hundred thousand wow. word novel
0: oh uh, my gosh is that a fantasy
1: No, it's not it's um it's it's actually a an action. Thriller satire,
0: oh. with a hundred thousand Wow! Oh yeah, wow! Oh yeah, and it's oh, uh, it's
1: it's actually a tough one because um, this guy's chapters are ungodly long. Like I haven't even wow. finished reading the first chapter yet. It's like an hour of audio.
0: Um, wow. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you? All right. So when someone hires you, do you have? Is it like a word count? or is it per job or is it per hour? How does, how do, how does the charge work?
1: What I tend to do is I, I estimate, um, I charge per finished hour. What I do is I make that, I build that estimate based on how many hours it is. Smart. Cause uh, there's no yes, other, yeah. Right. Um, okay. there's no, I mean, there's no other real way to, to tell. No.
0: Um,
1: so cause I, I used to do it by word, but by word is, is not, it doesn't really work. And it doesn't really tell your no, your author what they're saying. Um, right. So what I do is I, I, I actually have a couple of websites where I go to calculate how long it's going to take me to read, you know, 60,000 uh-huh. words, 70,000 words, right. whatever. Once I calculate right. that out, okay, this is going to take me five hours on, and blah, blah, blah. I then take that back. Okay. At my price per finished hour, here's what it's going to be. Right. Um, That's smart. And then obviously what I'll do is it's you know if it's if it comes in under that uh, you know we'll we'll knock off the difference. If it comes in over that, well that's my estimate, so don't right. worry about it. But um, when
0: they get that work from so you, like, it is edited and it is complete and it is ready to go, correct?
1: Correct. I do um, wow. I do full service. Uh, not everybody does.
0: That's worth it. That's um, so worth that's something yeah.
1: that you want to check on to. Um, because a lot of them you'll get, you know, you're going to pay a narrator 200 bucks to do the reading per finished hour, and then you're going to turn around and pay somebody else to produce it.
0: And um, you are all in one. Yeah, I do. Super um, smart. Super smart.
1: Yeah, well, and it's just, it's just, it's easier for me that way.
0: Yeah, um, I would imagine. honestly,
1: because it doesn't, it doesn't take me that long to, to, to edit a chapter. The biggest thing I'm looking for is finger snaps and lip smacks, and, okay. um, and and then I and then I, I edit through. It takes me. <sighs> I estimate it probably takes me three to four hours per finished hour.
0: Okay, yeah. Finished hour is that's very. As soon as you said that, I thought that is brilliant. That's brilliant because you are. I mean, you're you're adding in the editing and all that kind of stuff too. Nice. That makes so brilliant. Well, but I love that. Okay, folks, if you have a work and you're hearing this interview right now and you're like, yeah, that that really fits what I'm doing, you need to go to Randy Strew. Spell that. Spell out the whole website for us.
1: All right. R A N D Y right, .com
0: .com and it is an all it is a one-stop shop. You don't have to worry about getting the audio from him and then taking it to somebody else to get it all put together and get it finished. When you work with Randy, you get the finished product. And I'm going to tell you what, it's now worth, I it. Do, I, that is worth it.
1: Now, I do want to qualify that uh, if I could. Okay,
0: go ahead. Oh okay, um, yes, please.
1: I, I work under ACX standards. So, okay. Uh, because ACX has pretty strict standards and they're, they're fairly industry normal. Um uh-huh. so I do work under ACX standards so that when you get my finished work it will be ready for ACX upload or I will upload it to okay. ACX myself. Okay. Um if they're looking for hard copy, I don't do that.
0: Okay. They will have Who to do it. to need no hard copy to get nasty- <laughs> Exactly. I mean um, seriously.
1: Yeah. Okay, uh, But basically what I'm saying is I don't, I don't do distribution.
0: Right, um, right, right, right.
1: So they're they're looking to put it anywhere other than where ACX puts it, which is on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes, they're going right. to have to put it that themselves.
0: Right, okay. All right, so folks, if you want to put your book anywhere except the Holy Trinity of Amazon, Audible, and iTunes, then maybe there, there may be other places you need to look, but I mean, who, again, that's like asking for, can I have this on, on tape? That what's tape that doesn't even mean, mean anything anymore. So, you know, those are the biggies you want to be going for anyway.
1: Yeah. And I am um, like, I am a, I'm a Dan audio uh, narrator, uh, which means I work for a company called Dan audio as well.
0: Um, Uh
1: And they're full service. Okay. Um, Companies That's that do so that, and, and I and I do work for them too. So yeah, you're going to okay. pay them more because of, because of distribution. But
0: <laughs> right, okay, we are running out of time. Oh my gosh, we have gone like 40 minutes almost. That does not seem right. Wow. Okay, I know it's a tradition on the Geek Block to end with rapid fire questions. Randy, are you ready?
1: I will do my best.
0: Good. According to Glamour Magazine, so you know it's true, which American accent <laughs> is considered the most attractive? Is it the Cajun accent, the Southern accent, New York, or Hawaiian? Most attractive.
1: I would think that depends on if you're talking to women or to men,
0: <laughs> to uh, women. but I'm going to go with Southern. <laughs> you know, that's correct, but here's the thing, Southern accent. That's like saying there's, you know, one kind of bean. There's 900 different kind of beans. There's 900 different kind of Southern accents. Good grief. Glamour Magazine, come on. Well, you
1: know, I'll I'll tell you what. uh, I only discovered recently, um, and I I kind of always sort of knew it in the back of my mind, but I only put it together uh, after I started doing freelance audio that there's a difference between even Southern and Western. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now I know this, yeah, yeah, yeah. that but I, I can do the difference. But. <laughs> right.
0: Yes. If, especially, I mean, when you're in a place as big as Texas, what you hear in East Texas and what you hear in El Paso and what you hear in Midland and what you hear in the Pan, it's totally different. Totally different. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> According to IMBD, which actor has the most recognizable voice in the world? Is it Morgan Freeman, Vincent Price, or James Earl Jones?
1: Oh, man. I don't I know. know. You Morgan, just gave my A, B, and C answers in order. I
0: know. Morgan um, Freeman, <laughs> Vincent Price, or James Earl Jones? Take a stand. Which one?
1: I'm, I'm going to go with James Earl Jones.
0: You're right. Correct. Of the three actors I just mentioned, Morgan Freeman, Vincent Price, James Earl Jones, which one overcame a stuttering problem?
1: That was Vin- uh No, that was James Earl Jones
0: had no idea. He was really surprised that George Lucas hi- hired him to do the voiceover. It's not James Earl Jones in the costume, guys. It's not him. But he was surprised because he even then was still battling stuttering. I think that's awesome. That's inspiring. Okay, again, according to IMBD, so you know it's true, which female has the most annoying voice in the world? Is it Kim Kardashian, Roseanne Barr, or Fran Drescher? Wow, that's a tough one. I know Ooh. the answer, and that's a tough one. Kim Kardashian, Roseanne Barr or Fran Drescher? That is.
1: That's a toss up between Rosie and Fran right there. I'm gonna go with Roseanne
0: is <laughs> It is Roseanne Barr. Okay, last but not least, and I always end the show with this question worse superpower, superhuman strengths only while dressed as a woman, or the ability to stop criminals only by spraying them like a skunk. This is a tough one, guys. I'm Go
1: ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with skunk spray.
0: Oh, my gosh. Randy, I really thought you were going for the woman. Y'all, in case you can't tell it by his voice, he's a manly man. You're not going to mistake him for a woman, ever. I don't care. I don't care if you shave. That's, you are never going to be mistaken for a woman. But, hey, the answer is up to you. Spray. That's, why I skunk. Don't, that's a pretty bad one.
1: That's that's why I wouldn't mind putting on a skirt to, to, to be able to stop criminals. <laughs> it's just –
0: there you go. I, I'm I'm secure. All right. <laughs> oh, you are! I'll give you that. All right. Well, that's it. Well done, sir. You finished. You, hey, whole interview. We did it.
1: Well, thank you very much uh, for having me, Carly. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for being on the show today, Randy. That's it for us on the Geek Block, guys. Tune in next month, same bat time, same bat channel. And until then, stay weird. Ha ha ha.